Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Timer saying it's going. Uh, it's going. Oh, there it says is. it's going. It's going. It's going. We kind of forgot how to do this. Uh, <laughs> we're back. The hit factor. Jeff Cawthon, single stack GM. Jeremy Reed, single stack GM. We got this. We're going to make a new hat called Join the Revolution because single stack hotness is coming back. Uh, everybody in the Discord is gearing up for single stack. And we're going to have a match at some point in the year where we're just going to get as many people, just some random level two match. And we're going to get as many people as possible to sign up for single stack. Yeah. And just turn it into a single stack match. It's going to be it's awesome. It's going to be great. So if you guys have a level two match out there that you want us to come to and make it a single stack match, then let us know what match we need to do that at. Because we haven't decided where it'll be. And the beatdown of Jeff Cawthon is coming. Dude, it probably will be. Shoot. It'd be awesome, though. Hi, Jeff. What's going on with you? It would be awesome, but like, first of all, like, you sound like you're on death's door. Like, dude, was it too much time spent at the crack house over Thanksgiving? No, I have not been working out there much. Other than I met a contractor out there the other no. day. No, dude, I don't know what it is. We just got sick around this town. Like everybody's freaking sick. I don't know if it's that way all over oh, the country, really? but. It is nuts. Everybody's sick. And everybody either has a one or a combination of these three. The flu, RSV, and strep. And, uh, yeah, they just put in. It sounds like you've been through all I three. I probably have. It sounds like you're starting strep. Yeah. Well, I just got over strep. But now it feels like I'm oh, going back into come it. Back. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're drinking out of necessity tonight for the throat. Um, but <laughs> it's been rough. I mean, this is like freaking four weeks or something. I've been battling sickness, and so is everybody else that, like I work with and that lives in my house. Yeah. It's been rough. That, uh, <laughs> that yeah, it's not fun. Um RSV is going around all the kids, anybody that has kids yeah. around me, like they've, they've had RSV. We didn't get, we didn't go, we were going to go to my wife's family's for Thanksgiving. And, uh, they have a little girl who's, uh, like very immunocompromised. Like she has like, yeah, it's cardiac issues, but the, it's like in her lungs. Hmm. Um, yeah. and so, uh, like any, like RSV would, could be almost fatal for her. It could be really bad for her. And so our kid, both of my kids, like the kind of like five days before Thanksgiving, like they basically just got snotty and like one of them had a, like a low grade fever for about 12 hours. 
like, mm. and that was it. But then they were just snotty and coughing for like 10 days. Um, no other, no other symptoms were, were pretty much fine besides that. But so we couldn't go. Uh, so we, we stayed home and, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I actually like her, her brother and sister-in-law, uh, quite a lot. They're, they're good people. Um, but staying home, we stayed home and just had Thanksgiving by ourselves and I grilled ribeyes and made some smashed potatoes. So not mashed potatoes, but smashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. So like I took new potatoes and baked them. So got them soft and then basically took them and then just smashed them in that pan. Uh, and then put, uh, some panko and Parmesan and garlic on top of them and then re-grilled it with some butter. And so I kind of made like this Parmesan crust on top. It was good. Nice. You really, uh, just better than turkey. You went full chef, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, a couple of nights later I cooked some lamb. Dude. Like Sam's. I don't, do you have Sam's where you Yeah. At? I don't know if Sam's comes to Oklahoma. Uh, so Sam's has a great meat market. Like I actually, that's almost why I keep a membership there is for their meat market. Cause it's best place. One of the best places to get like briskets. You can get pretty good briskets there. Um, like whole beef tenderloins you can get there and stuff like that. And it's where I got the ribeyes that I cooked for Thanksgiving and they were excellent. And then they've always, they always have like some lamb there. Uh, and the rack of lamb is a little bit expensive. You know, it's like the whole like, like rack and it, I mean, it looks cool. The presentation would be cool. And you end up like with these lollipops, like basically meat lollipops, mm-hmm. which are, I've had them at a restaurant before and they're good, but those are a little more expensive. But then there was just like these tiny little T-bones. Like they literally just look like miniature like T-bones. <laughs> uh, and they were only like $10 a pound or something like that. Like they weren't like not crazy expensive. I don't know. How is a fly still alive? What in the world's going on here? had a fly try to crawl up my nose uh sorry i digress but so i just i grilled that i grilled the lamb and made a chimichurri sauce for it and dude it was so good like it was uh, i was like if i was at a restaurant and like it had i had paid like 70 or 80 dollars for that meal i would not have been deck fly won't leave me alone uh i would not have been sad uh if i had if I had paid like that much for that. Meal. Yeah, it was good. Nice. So it sounds good. Dude. People should try some lamb if they don't. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It was excellent. So how was your Thanksgiving? Were you, were you guys all sick for Thanksgiving? No, no, I was, I was uh, kind of coming out of having strep. Uh, but yeah, we were all pretty mm. healthy there for a minute. And then, uh, then it went downhill. <laughs> and I shaved somewhere in there too. We did no shave November at work, which, you know, I had no, I had already not shaved for a couple months, and then we did no shave November, and it was looking pretty homely. And then uh, we did, we did all mustaches one day at work, so that was pretty fun. And then I shaved. And now you're all baby faced. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen you this clean, clean shaven. Like, ha- have you been this clean shaven in the last couple of years? I don't know. Maybe once. He looks like a baby. 
Yeah, it really shows all my chins. Like, yeah, it, it's. I, I think you should grow something back. I agree, and that's kind of how like that was kind of the consensus of with the with everybody. Like we all shaved, and we're all like, <laughs> "Hmm, yeah, I think I'm gonna grow it back." <laughs> you kind of like you don't like the way your face looks after you shave. It's weird. Unless you have like, unless you just have an yeah. awesome chin, you know, you shave and you're like, wow. Oh yeah. I know how that is. Why do I look so domesticated? My tiny ass chin. Yeah. I can't actually, uh, I can't actually grow facial hair down there other than my mustache. That's about all I got. <laughs> so I can't. I can't, I can barely hide my chin. Like you can, you can, like the, pe the people on video, like you can kind of see, like there's a little bit there and like what you see there, that's it. <laughs> that's all it's like. It ain't going to, it ain't going to like right here. Yeah. It ain't the sides of my face. It ain't growing. It right. ain't, there ain't nothing there. Oh, we had, uh, like, we had, like I got a couple scraggly people whiskers. from all walks of life participating in the no shave and the shaving. Cause my boss has not, not shaved for more than a week in many, many years. Like, I think maybe ever. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah. he, like, didn't even know he could really grow facial hair. He's, like, 50-something. <laughs> and uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. So he went 30 days and uh, saw what he could grow. And then we had another kid that was pretty young, but he hadn't shaved. Like, he hadn't seen his face in five years. And at the end of it, he shaved. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy crap. So it was, it was pretty fun. So I bet that was pretty wild. Yeah, it was It was, uh, it was. pretty fun. We had a good time. So, like, is the rule of no shave November, like, you can't, like, trim your hair or nothing? I mean, I don't, I don't know what the official rules are. We, we said you could, you could keep it off your neck and you could trim your cheeks and, and you could keep the mustache <laughs> out of your mouth. Those, that's all you were allowed to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. It was a good time. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds stimulating. So, okay. Uh, Jeff's not dead yet. Yeah. Uh, the crack house is still kicking. He's got some sort of contractor or something out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the world shoot just happened. Uh, yeah. Finally. It is 2022. It was supposed to happen in 2020. Uh, and finally it has happened. Uh, and I'll say, and I think there's a lot of people that will agree with this, this world shoot, like there were a lot of good shooters there. Uh, but this world shoot has a little bit of an asterisk next to it because it was so like it, it didn't have all the greatest, all the, it didn't have all the best shooters. I don't think there. uh, the fields weren't as deep as they, as they might have normally been. Um, right. But it sounds like the match, all the everything that I heard, uh, the match went off fairly well as far as um, like it was it was good. Uh, I didn't hear hear too many complaints. Um, it looked like everybody. The pictures I saw, lots of lots. I knew lots of people that were there. Uh, my buddy um, from Switzerland was the only. Swiss, Swiss shooter there. Like he was the only, like he was representing the country himself. He was the only one that went. Wow. Uh, so shout out to Manuel. 
uh, for that. And he shot pretty well. He was shooting production. And let's see, where did he end up? It was I was actually pretty surprised. Not surprised, but uh, happy with where he finished. Um, I met him at the World Shoot in France five years ago, which is crazy. I still have his jersey. Uh, let's see. Where'd he go? I'll pass him. Anyway, I'll find him here in a second. Um, so, but yeah, it sounded like it was good. I saw lots of pictures of people like petting, uh, baby tigers and riding on elephants. And, uh, it looked like some people went to like a fight over there, like a, like a professional fight, which to me seems like, uh, it could be pretty awesome. Like as far as just, I don't know, who knows what, you, I don't know what you're going to run into if you're going to a fight out there. Um, but be kind of cool. Uh, so yeah. So the, the results got fairly interesting for some stuff and, uh, Christian won open. What do you think we're about? Gonna look at like the top U.S. shooters. U.S. shooters, but what do you think about just Christian winning open? Him. I was I was doubting him. Not gonna lie, I was doubting him, but he pulled it out. I was a little curious where his headspace was gonna mm-hmm. be uh, after nationals, like. Um, where he was going to be at. It was, it was a close match. He was pretty well leading most of the way I was, I was tracking scores. As far as I could tell, he was leading for most of the match. Um, um, Edsel is a Filipino kid, Mm -hmm. uh, that was second and and a close second. I mean, it was less than a percent and, uh, you know, 15 points. I do my math right. Yeah. 15 points away. Um, so really close second. The Filipinos, they filled a really strong team at the World Shoot. Just overall, like their whole like country's team, they they fielded a really strong team this year. Uh, and then Chris Tilley was third, and Casey Asubio was fourth. Pretty um, good, taking three of the top five. Yeah, kind of three of the top four. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean that's that's solid and good. Uh, Kind of the, the big surprise to me was uh, Jorge Ballesteros, uh, who was the 2017 um, World Shoot Champion in Open, was like 16th at 91.6%. Uh, and so he was mm-hmm. he was way far down. And I was I was really kind of curious to see like how he and um, and Christian mm-hmm. would stack up. And I. Just based off of the world shoot in France was five years ago, like that. Mm-hmm. That's a long time, and so you know who knows what what's going on uh, with Jorge's life. Like, is he is he training like he used to? Did he win a world shoot? And so he's like, I don't need to kill myself to try to win another one. Maybe had kids uh, like I did between um, the last world shoot and now. There's no telling. Yeah, uh, but so he was not at his. I don't. I don't think he was at the same level that he was the 2017 World Shoot. Um, 
which was too bad. I would have liked to have seen that, but it looks like it was still a heck of a match uh, between Christian and the other American guys and, and Edsel. Um, yeah. Filipino. Kid. Yeah. looks like it's good. Close. Uh, but good on Christian. Uh, he's got a world shoot title young. I mean, that's young to get a world shoot. Uh, I think Eric was younger, but Christian's quite young to get one. So good for him. Congrats, Christian. Um, classic. Yeah. Congrats to you, buddy. Uh, congrats to my buddy, Eddie of EMG customs. Cause now he has mm. like his gun now has won a world shoot. Somebody's won a world shoot with his guns. Like his gun was first and third. And like, I think fifth, like I think there were like four in the top 20 or five in the top 20. I can't remember at USPSA open nationals this year. Uh, so his guns are kind of, yeah. Um, so good for him. Sorry. My dog was making weird noises outside. He might be fighting with coyotes. I don't mm. know. Cause every once in a while, hopefully it's not a skunk. <laughs> every once in a while skunks get up here. And that ain't no fun. Uh, classic single stack. We call it single stack. They call it classic. Uh, there was not a single gringo American shooting really? classic at this match. Uh, there was nope, even an American shooting one. revolver. There was. Mm-hmm. I did not. I did not see that. Um, but no, there was not an American shooting classic. Um, the guy who won Jufro, uh, again, Filipino. Uh, he's really good. He was, if I remember correctly, he was third at the 2017 world shoot. He was crazy fast. I mean, he, he was faster than all of us by quite a bit. Um, he just, uh, he had a lot of penalties at, at France and, I didn't look to see what his what his pen. Uh, he shot really clean, actually. He only had two mics, and that was a tough, tough looking match. Um, he only had two mics for the whole match, so he apparently shot a much much cleaner match. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that Alfredo Catalan that's in third in classic. I, I'm pretty sure he's. Well, I don't. I'm not going to try to say. I recognize that name, and I I think Filipino, but. Um, I don't know. I know Leonard Lopez, uh, the Filipino shooter, who's really good. Um, he had come over to the States a couple of times, like in like 2019. I know he was here for Magnus Cup uh, when that was over mm-hmm. here. Um, so he, he had a good match, finished fourth. So there were some good – there were good shooters in, in Classic for yeah. sure. Uh, but not, not – no Americans, hmm. which is just sad. It is. Uh, production. Prod. Um, any guesses on who won that? Oh, big surprise. Eric. Eric. Groffel. Groffel. Is that how you say that? Groffel. Groffel. Yeah, that's how you say it. Notice how Jeremy's the one reading all the names. Good old Eric Graffel. Yeah, yeah. Jeff wanted to call Jorge George, uh, <laughs> no. and he actually no. made me go go ask my wife. 
um, he said, he, he's like, I, I pronounced the name and Jeff was looking for the name. He's like, what name are you talking about? And I had to tell Jeff what position right. he was in for Jeff to be able to find it. Cause Jorge Ballesteros did not look like Jeff thought it was supposed no, the, to the look. The last name I could page. figure out, but he was saying Jorge. And I was like, that fucking says George. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And so he made me go ask my wife who speaks Spanish uh, that I was pronouncing that correctly. And I was, which is good. But Eric Grafell, uh won production. No surprise there. He won by a comfortable 5%. And I feel quite certain he was managing mm-hmm. that 5% uh, that he wasn't going to take any risk over and above to beat that. Uh the top American in production was Mason at 91.6%. He was in sixth mm-hmm. place. Casey Reed looks like he had a pretty good match. He was 11th at 88.6%. And then who was the third place? I'm trying to remember who all. Uh, Matt Matthew Nash was also on the – he was 39th in production. Who was the other one? I'm trying to remember who else shot production for the u.s and i don't know was i don't remember it, who else was uh, on the team but luigi no luigi was shooting one of the production oh, optics okay. um so production op- that brings us to production optics product um, your boy yes this i am excited about this Jeff, who won production optics? Oh, it's JJ. Look at that. Good job, JJ. Mr. Simon Echevez Rakaza. JJ. Otherwise, it was JJ. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. He won. Uh, And... It was, I mean, it was just a little weird that he was signed up for open the whole time and then switched to production optics. I don't know when, like when that switch changed or, or what happened with that, but, but he won. Uh, He has been, he had been third at three world shoots in a row. I mean, I'm sorry, not third. He had been second. I I did not mean to say third. He had, I'm not trying to slight JJ. Uh, He had been second at three world shoots in a unofficial row. first um, though and so he finally got right uh, i probably somewhere somewhere in there probably <laughs> maybe i don't know uh but he finally won one so i am i am happy for him that yeah, he won one sure. uh Juanchik was the second american at, at ninth place 87 percent luigi was 14th place nice at eighty six percent, I think as a team, I think they were yeah second. I'd have to go look on. I know Wanchik posted it. I on think they board. got silver. Uh, I think silver. Um, we didn't. I, we won. Obviously, we won gold as a team in open. We did not have a team in classic production. Hey, hey I, can you? We. I know we didn't can you win. Pronounce. The guys in fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh place, please. Of production optics? Yeah. 
course, yours has been a little off for mine, so it might not be the same, guys. Uh, fourth place, uh, Chanakit. Yeah. Kula Nanasiri. Mm-hmm. Kula Nansiri. Oh, that's that's right. Kula, Kula Nansiri. Uh, fifth place. Oh, fifth place. Um, <laughs> Vincentius. Hold on, hold on. Vincentius. Jadadinkrat. <laughs> Does that sound good? I like it. Yeah. And which 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 other what other uh, which sixth one? and seventh? Just keep going. Uh, sixth place, Kachin, Jikachorn. Uh, seventh place. I'm pretty sure that's actually Peter, Peter Sankowitz. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think it'd be Peter Peter Sankowitz. Is how I would do it. Killed it, man! You yeah. killed it. I mean, what about eleventh? Like a These names are here. so interesting. Eleventh. Uh, Andre, Andre Hernsiak. Cool. Whoa! Did you see second place? I we should we should apologize. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not sure which one is the first name. Paul Casana. That that seems fairly easy. Yeah. Unless you, unless you like this, maybe the C is either silent or uh, an S sound. But Polk, Polkasana, yeah, Widji Patima, or Widji Patima. <laughs> I think it's Widji Patima. I feel like I just turned them into Japanese, and it's probably, <laughs> and I, that's probably very <laughs> offensive. And I don't mean I don't mean to be offensive, but we want to give you your proper right. shoutouts. To uh to the people that shot well at the world shoot, yeah. So yeah, good job JJ. Uh, good job for the team getting silver. Uh, production optics light was a surprise. Uh, we did have another American that won. Oh, uh, I think this is our last. Yeah, this is our last win as far as individual. Um. Luke Cal, uh, and I will not try to Zufang. Uh, well, I guess I just said, I, I guess I did. <laughs> it, and when he's in America, he is American. And when he's over here, it, his name is Luke Cal. Right. Uh, yeah. like that's like what's in like the practical matches and that. And that's what he goes yeah. by. Uh, but then his, his name here is, uh, which is his, I assume his actual legal given mm-hmm. name. Um, Again, Luke, like, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but I I would say Zufang would be my guess. has an X at the start of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I need to ask him. We, we shot with him. At, if I had if I had thought about it, I would have asked him at Area 3 because wasn't he on our squad yeah, at Area 3? Yeah, he was. Pretty sure he was. Uh, really solid shooter. Um, but he – I mean – the surprise, because Max Michelle was on the production optics team, and then when JJ joined, switched to production optics, Max switched to production optics light. Um, and so Max, I mean, honestly, Max was the favorite going mm-hmm. into that match to win. And 
he ended up third at 95, just under 96% of, of Luke. Um, yeah, so, stellar well done, performance like, that's by a, Luke. That's a yeah. big win. And our buddy Matt Hopkins, uh, who I know he's going to come back on the show at some point, uh, he was ninth at 87%. And my buddy Rory Sanko, uh, who was also on the U.S. team from San Antonio, he was 12th. Uh, 83%. So I know he was super happy uh, to go and looks like he should be real happy with his performance. I haven't talked to him yet because he's still over there. Well, at least I assume he is. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and they, I'm pretty sure they were second. No, they won. I'm pretty sure. I think they won. Uh, isn't Kevin, uh, and I don't actually know how to, pronounced it his last name Lionheart mm-hmm. Leonhart. Uh I think it's Morgan uh Leonhart's Leonhart how do you say that? Do you I know, know why that? you're asking me? I don't know, but Morgan uh his daughter <laughs> won Carry Optics Nationals I think okay. last year. And then I think she was I think she was the ladies production optics champion at the world shoot uh this year. Um they got some stuff figured so out then. Good for her. Yeah. And it looks like I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. her dad. I, I don't know that for sure, but I'm pretty – because she's super young. I'm pretty sure that's her dad. And it looks like he shot heck of a world shoot there. Uh, and that brings us oh, to yeah. me with the most interesting – Revolver? Uh, division. Uh, no, I just get. We revolver. had a U.S. shooter in 20th uh, place. John who Copy went. Oh, John Copy went and shot it. Yeah. John Copy. Boom. Represent. Um, shot it. Uh all I all I know is that my buddy Poji was back home and was like texting me during the world shoot, like looking at scores, and he's like, dude, this is kind of painful to like look at mm-hmm. results and not be there. Uh he he's definitely kind of chomping at the bit. I mean, the decision was made kind of long before uh, that. Like it just wasn't going to be worth it, and and it actually I think it ended up travel was easier for for most people. Travel was easier and or better than hmm. we thought it was could yeah. have been. Like even just like four months ago, like four months ago, it was looking like a nightmare, um, but it hasn't. It looked like it wasn't too bad, except for, like, Hopkins. Like, I don't know what – Hopkins ran into stuff, I think, snow in, like, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I think his flight there was, like, from the time he, like, got to the airport to actually land it. I haven't talked to him yet, uh, like, to see all that. But just kind of looking at his Instagram stories, like, I think it was over 40 hours. I think it took him 30 hours to get to Korea, South mm-hmm. Korea. And then you had another flight to get over there. And then he, he, I think he's back now. And he posted something like 32 hours to get from Thailand to uh, Minneapolis back again. So I think the dude spent almost two full work weeks, basically worth of just air t- like travel time wow. uh, going to and fro. And he, he said it was all worth it. Uh, so, so that's good. But – uh yeah 
that there were also some result, some like people like I guess like the day after the closing ceremonies and stuff, everybody's trying to leave with guns, mm-hmm. right? And apparently it kind of clogged things up, and I think some people missed some flights on the mm-hmm. way out, uh, and that that would be painful. But it's all that to say, yeah, revolver, um, a guy won. Um, Poji wasn't there so I kind of like yeah you won only because certain people weren't there Uh, that's kind of how I feel about that one but but Poji was glad that the guy won Uh, Poji said he was a good shooter so I shouldn't talk crap on the guy but Poji said he's good and Poji was glad that he was he was the guy that won out of who was there so that's good Uh, but standard um I look, Nils had probably the greatest season we've ever seen as as an American shooter. Um, you know what Latham has d- did years and years and years ago. It's really hard to compare uh, because less divisions and not as deep of a talent pool. Like I, I'm not saying the top wasn't as deep or deeper than it is now uh, when Latham was was younger, but just as far as just sheer numbers like the talent pool was not as deep um back then as far as i know that's factual uh so Niels had we'll just say one of the best if not the best but one of the best seasons um as an american shooter and and really was just crazy dominant this year and um he goes to the world shoot and he shoots major uh he was shooting his 2011 and a gun that he's probably, he is, that's most of his career has been shooting that gun. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the same, probably the same gun. He won the world shoot in 2014 with, uh, and he got beat like just, just flat out, just got beat, um, by two kids from the Philippines. Uh, Khalil Vire, uh, won and just, I mean, really, really impressive performance. And then, Raleigh Texon uh, was second, and both of those kids are super young. They're juniors for IPSC, which IPSC juniors goes up to 21. Mm. It's not 18 um, for them, so they go up to 21 as a junior. So I don't know exactly how old they are. Somebody else can probably tell us. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm i sure I'll get a chance to talk to Nils at some point. Um, I don't know if – if those guys just flat beat Nils, if he was just, or if he just didn't just had a bad match, bad week, bad, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were, um, V-Ray was like 25 seconds faster than Nils and basically same point shot just was 25 seconds faster over 30 stages. And, um, and that ended up 130, 135 match points, which is – you just don't see Nils lose like that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Blake Miguez was the second American in fifth place. Uh, I was a little bit surprised to see uh, Gaston um, from Argentina, I believe. Uh, he's the guy that shoots minor. Actually, somebody – is in sixth place shooting minor. 
Um, but Gaston won the Pan American match that was in Florida mm-hmm. earlier and beat some beat some good shooters there. Uh, so I was a little surprised to see him finish <coughs> down at eighty two percent. Gorka Abanez was the third American. Oh no, sorry, Tim Yackley was was third American at eighty one, and then Gorka was right behind. Tim Yackley was 13th place. Gorka was 14th place, uh, both at 81%. They were actually only like a point apart. Um, and again, I'm pretty sure Americans took silver in that. Uh, so this was, you know, typically in years past, like the U.S. pretty much dominates uh, the world shoots. Like you almost, you always kind of had Eric Grafell kind of won whatever division he shot in. And then a lot of the other divisions, uh, Americans were winning. Um, and this year, I mean, we did, we had three winners. If I'm remembering. Yeah. We had Christian JJ and Luke. Yeah. So we had three winners, but I think only one, um, male team won gold. And I just don't like, I don't have the team results in front of me. Like, I don't, I don't actually know where the actual team results are. So I'm just going off of what I remember seeing. And I'm not trying to not talk about girls. Cause I know that, I know that some of the ladies teams, uh, won gold. I just don't, um, I don't know which ones. And so I, that's, I'm not trying to not talk about them. I just don't have that info in front of me. So sorry, girls. But, uh, so yeah, but the Philippines won a lot of the team medals uh, in a lot of those divisions. Mm -hmm. And so they are really, their shooting is really strong. They get a lot of support. Uh, Like, I don't, I don't necessarily know, like, like financially how much support they're getting uh, from, from their national organization stuff. But shooting is their national sport there. Like US, IPSC is their national sport, which is kind of crazy. And so it's a, it is big in the Philippines. Um, and, you know, I think you, do, I think you do see a little bit in the team results for, for this, uh, we, I know we had a question on this for the podcast, um, as far as how the, uh, how USPSA supports the team, the teams and all that, whatnot. Um, you know, and, and some people, like some people are, at least that I've seen, at least like in the Discord, like some people are kind of upset that, hey, we didn't, doesn't look like we sent all of our best shooters. Like we could have filled out some better teams uh, than, than maybe we did. And that that's not a, I'm not trying to slight anybody, but there were better shooters that were at home than what were there. Um, some of that is, is just some people don't have interest in qualifying for a team. Like they, they just don't go through that process uh, so that, that's part of it. Um, but then also like USPSA in 2017, if you were a member of a, of the men, of a men's team. Um, and I, I think, I don't know if revolver got the same, got it or not. I think in the end they did. Uh, but if you were a part of a men's team, um, you got your slot paid for. Uh, so that's like, I think it's a $500 match fee. Um, for the match and that was paid for and then you got a two thousand dollar stipend uh per team member 
as there's four there's four members per team there you can field four you have to have three to form a team because they take your three of your highest four scores um for your for the final results for the team uh and then i know most of the ladies team i know category teams in france i'm pretty positive category teams did not get any support um as far as any sort of stipend maybe they got their match fee paid for but i i honestly don't know uh like that that is i don't know and i i want to say one of the like they they gave one of the ladies teams a stipend um and that was known that was I think that was known going into it, uh, what that, that, Hey, we're only going to give the open ladies team a stipend. And so then we fielded other teams in other divisions and it was mostly just girl ladies that were shooting. They were going to the match anyway. And so let's form a team since we're going to the match anyway. Um, for Thailand, uh, that those expenses got cut dramatically for teams. I have no idea what any sort of category team got for Thailand. I don't, I have no idea. Uh, if Jessica comes on, we can ask Jessica. Um, but the, but the main teams you got, uh, your match paid for. And then if you completed the match, um, and I, I don't know if there was, uh, like if you got DQ'd, if that meant you, then you got no, uh, no stipend. I don't know, but you got five hundred dollars. Mm. Which going to Thailand, I mean, having your match paid for like helps. That's good. Like I think we should do that. Like they're gonna, they're gonna represent the U.S. Like and we're gonna put our name on them, so to speak. We definitely should pay for their match. Um, and then five hundred dollars, like it, like it's like okay. I mean. I'm not going to turn down $500, but it doesn't actually help you get there all that much at that mm -hmm. point is, is my perspective. Um, there are some, there are a lot of people that have the perspective of, well, I don't want to pay for just some elitist GM to go shoot a match on the other side of the country, on the other side of the world. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, I don't want any of my money to go to them and other people see it that I want us, I want America to win. I want us to dominate and I want us to send our best shooters. So, yeah, I would much rather uh, put a little bit of money towards that and, and make sure we have our best shooters over there. Yeah. Um, everybody has their own thoughts. The where, where it usually gets the most contentious with most people is then that you see, like, we're paying all of Troy's way to go over there, right? Like, Troy's – whatever Troy does. Uh, he was our team captain in – France and I'm sure he was team captain for this and like basically it just meant if you had a rules question he would pull out his rules his rule book and read it it's like well I can read that so I don't know that I need you uh, for that right. um, yeah. so you know his way gets paid all the way and who other who else from USPSA gets their way paid uh, to the world shoot would be a be a good question Hmm. I don't know. You think we should pay for people to go shoot the world shoot if they're on the team? Hmm. I mean, I think it would be cool if they did. 
It would make sense. But yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not something we can really even talk about at this point, right? Since our organization is in a deficit budget. Yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah, that brings up a, a really good point. Is if we're if we are uh, that far in the hole, like, then do we have money for, to do to do that? Uh, that's a good question. It is part of our mandate. Um, it's not part of our mandate to uh, to send shooters, but it is part of our mandate to be globally mm-hmm. active, right? I don't remember exactly the wording of that, and I probably should. Probably should have yeah. that off subject to interpretation. I I'm um, sure. I mean, if if the rule is that you know, obviously, it's something about just promoting the sport globally or trying to get be globally involved, kind of deal, right? Right. I mean, one one could definitely argue yeah. that just sending USPSA staff meets that requirement. So, but yeah, if, if we don't, yeah, don't have the the money to run normal operations and we definitely don't have the money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. The budget definitely needs a, a serious looking at uh, practical. Sh- if you guys haven't uh, looked at practical shooting insights, uh, he posted some really interesting graphs as far as uh, yeah, this, the spending of the org was interesting uh, and like the, just drastic and gross spike in spending in it's like 20 was it 2016 no it was like yeah it was like 2015 or something it was just like it went parabolic it was nuts it, it was like they like tripled their spending over like the previous five years in one year like it and it has just stayed up that up there um it's kind of crazy uh uh, how much that spiked and that that to me was like okay how are we how are we doing yeah. the sport before that um well it was like and then why did it this from you know 2010 or a little before 2010 till about 2017 the expenses and and revenue were just like in a steady decline like they were just going down but then when you hit like yeah. 2015 the expenses like goes through the roof. I don't know what happened in 2015, but yeah, there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was when Foley took office. Okay. That was about the time Foley took office. Okay. Um I'm pretty sure that's that's it was about that time. Yeah, it would have been a little bit after that Cause I because think... I started in 2016 and Foley was running for president in 2016. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, this, there's some yeah, interesting stuff there to, to look at, subject to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, people need to go check that out. Um, so yeah, the world shoot... World Shoot's done. Uh, really cool experience um, for the people that got to go there. Uh, I was definitely, I mean, I was, I was happy not to deal with flying to Thailand and stuff. Like, I literally, would have been flying out Thanksgiving Day yeah. 
if I had gone and uh, I was glad not to be dealing with that, but definitely like the world shoots just different, man. Like, like it's, I don't know. It's just different. Uh, Ipsic people just view it differently. Um, like the, a lot of, and the, the way that the best way that I know how to, how to put it is, Almost virtually, almost all the rest of the world uh, does not have anywhere near the access to shooting, to guns, to ammo, to all that that we do in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like they just don't have it, uh, and they don't have the history of it that we do. Um, and so, like we just have so many more people with so much more opportunity to shoot and train than the rest of the world except for maybe the Philippines. And I don't, I don't know exactly what it looks like in the Philippines, but um, for most other people, like it's a money thing. Like it, you, if you're going to shoot, like you have to have a lot of money and you, uh, it, it's not cheap here in the U S like it, like it, it still costs money, but it is, it's just a different, it's a different game, right? Like um, in, in much of the rest of the world. And so like a lot of them can't compete with the U S shooters. Like, if we took all of our best shooters, um, then yeah, we're going to win the majority of the team, the team, uh, matches. Maybe the Philippines were really, really strong this year. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we wouldn't have this, this, this go around and maybe, maybe that's a look into the future, what it's going to look like in the future. But, but I will say this is, is what we still as Americans, even though we have a, a, a lot of the best shooters in the world here. Uh, people still look at it and view it as a hobby. Like it's just a hobby. Um, and the, the rest of the world, even though they're not as good, not as accomplished. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying it sounds like I'm knocking on a, anybody, not from the U S I'm not trying to do that, but like they, they really do view it as sport. Like they view it as a sport and as a legitimate sport. Um, and and so it's just a different feel like like when you go to that match it's just a different feel and and there's that's not to say that they don't i'm not trying to prop ipsc up as like they're infallible they don't have problems uh i mean i heard some rumors of some issues at the match that i i just have no way to to like say whether they are true so i'm not gonna bring them up but like i i know there's issues with ipsc uh like their whole coming out with production optics and production optics light. Uh, and then now production optics light is going away. Like that was kind of a, that was goofy um, to me. Uh, but, and they have other issues, so they're not free from that, but they do view it as a sport. Um, and that, that just gives it a different feel uh, than sometimes matches here. Just feel like it's just thrown in somebody's backyard. Yeah. And, and that's as far as, far as they care um mm-hmm. so if you have a chance uh if you trained up and you want to try to get on a world shoot team like i definitely recommend that experience uh it's it is cool it's cool to meet other people from other countries um like like i said i've got manuel snyder uh is my buddy from switzerland um I've got his jersey hanging up in my closet, and he's got one of mine. Uh, he he probably he probably used it to 
dry his dog off or something. It's probably in the trash by now, but I still got his jersey um, from the from the world shoot in France. And you know, uh, the next one's gonna be in South Africa, hmm. which is cool. Uh, some of you guys know if you've probably shot an international match or a world shoot in the past. There's a guy from South Africa. Um, I just had his name and now I just lost it. Oh gosh, dead gum. My my memory is dead gum. I have to look him up. I was literally it was literally until I was gonna say it. I had his name on my Albert Albert uh, Wessels. <laughs> I actually don't know if it's Wessels or Vessels. Uh, he's from South Africa. Dude, Jeff, this guy will make you feel really bad about yourself because <coughs> his arms are like <coughs> bigger than my legs. <laughs> like, and he shoots, he shoots classic. He shoots nice. single stack and he's, he's like, like, like he would make Sasquatch scared. Uh, like he is just massive. I don't know if like, if he competes as a bodybuilder or not, but I feel like he is probably he a good shooter? could. Uh, yeah. Really? He is good. Uh, like he's not. Uh, I didn't look. Actually, I didn't look to see where he finished this year. I need to look him up. Um, he's very like, uh, like technically sound. Um, hmm. In France, he was not. He was not super fast. In France, yeah. from what I remember. Yeah. So he Philip. Uh, he finished twenty third in classic at eight, <laughs> like basically eighty percent. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, he was he was really really solid shooter and he it's when he shoots the gun, it's like it's like Jared shooting a gun, like the gun just doesn't move. It's really? just like, uh yeah, and it's like you need to be going you should just need to go faster. Because he's shooting minor. Um Yeah, I was and and that's what I would tell him. If, that's what I was uh, I kinda mentioned in the Discord earlier this week. I don't know if you saw it, but I was kinda talking about people that do a lot of like bodybuilding style training which is hypertrophy training and wondering Mm -hmm. the effects of that on fine motor skills because in in hypertrophy training like the goal is uh very failure or close to failure and like trapping lactic acid in your muscles for extended period times right it's like having you're doing sets for like uh, extended sets. So 45 seconds to a minute long sets of time under tension, flooding the muscle with lactic acid. And I, I kind of have this theory that it, that it impedes fine motor skills. No idea if that's true. No idea if there's any um, studies to support that, but it just seems like when you see someone who's done a lot of hypertrophy training, who I like has uh, like, visibly larger muscle bellies that their coordination lacks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of a hypothesis or. So I was just curious how, how he stacked up since you said he was, he was well built. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, he'd be an interesting case study on it. I, you know, I see videos. I mean, I know he trains, um, shooting, uh, I don't know, like, and, and he, and he does a lot of actual training. Like, I think he trains a lot of, uh, like South African, I could be wrong. I think he trains like South African police and stuff yeah. like that. 
uh, and shooting. So it's like his just fundamental shooting skills are good. Um, like I said, he's slow. And I mean, I, I mean, your muscles are elastic, right? And, but at certain points they get stiff. Right. And so like, I could see how, yeah, you build, you build big, huge muscles and they're, they're just, they're much stiffer than muscles. Yeah. And it's, it's not really uh, like leaner. It's not necessarily like the concept of like training and lifting weights that I, that I think has that effect. Like, because you see Olympic lifters and whatnot that are that are not like hugely muscled up right because it's it's a different style of training it's mm-hmm. it's strength building which is a completely different style of training than hypertrophy or body building style of training uh, which is just what i was thinking of the the people that train strictly hypertrophy yeah what that effect is on motor skills but <coughs> you're saying hypertrophy yeah not hypertrophy it's hypertrophy yeah that's how you say it oh huh. i always figured it was interesting i would have i would have done hypertrophy like hey, hypertrophic you uh you can keep saying that that's fine i don't mind i oh i'm sure i'm wrong like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to argue that i'm that i'm right like i was I just I was. I always just read it as hypertrophy. Oh yeah, yeah. Generally, people pronounce it hypertrophy. That sounds sounds wrong. Hey, but wait, I'm you're smarter than I am, so I don't have any problem. With hey, that. well, we know my pronunciation skills are prime. They're excellent. <laughs> They're excellent. All right. That was the world shoot. Uh, oh, as far as the, I, I know people have asked for, I'm pretty sure I've answered this before. Um, like, how do you get on a team like that? That like, it's not just super out there as far as how do you get on a team, but ha- the qualification process for this world shoot. And w- it was the same as the 2017 world shoot. Um, there are four matches, which are qualifiers for the team slots. And they will be – that's – so I have not seen them announce yet what the team selection policy will be for the 2025 World Shoot in South Africa. So – but if they do like they did in the past, okay? So that's all a big if. But if they do it like they did in the past, there will be four qualifying matches. It will be the USPSA Nationals in 2023 and 2024 and the IPSC nationals US nationals in 2023 and 2024 um and they will take your three best scores from those match add up your percentage so if you finish at 100% at, if you win all three then you get 300 points if you finish at 95% in all three of them uh then you finish at 285 points um and so that's how then they take the top four highest point earners in each division and award them mm. slots uh, to the they get they get a team slot to the world shoot. Um, in the past, there have been three automatic slots, and then the president uh, had the option to put whoever they wanted to in the fourth slot. Um, 
that that's how it technically was for the 2017 world shoot, but Foley ended up just going straight down the point list. As far as mm-hmm. I know, uh, he didn't, he didn't just put any, uh, anybody else in there it just went point list. Um, so that's, uh, that's how they've done it in the past. I assume that's how they will do it for this one. Um, for for the Thailand World Shoot, you could actually qualify. It was possible to qualify for two different divisions because the way the nationals stacked up, you could shoot because you could shoot carry optics and production nationals in both years they were separate the matches were separate so you could shoot them in both years and so then the, the opposite year you could shoot carry optics or production at the ipsc nationals and you would have shot three matches for each division and if you qualified for both teams then you could you could decide i want to be on i want to be in this in this team um so hmm. That's how that has worked in the past. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it again. Uh, if they do it like that, I want Jeff to try to uh, make the team for the uh, the classic team because I think IPSC fits Jeff really well. I think he would do really well in IPSC. Maybe. He'd have to get his guns to, to uh, IPSC legal, which means he'd probably have to buy some base pads and stuff. So he'd have to spend money, so that might preclude him from wanting to do it. But are you going to all these matches? Are you we'll gonna see. try to qualify or are you gonna qualify? I I haven't fully decided yet. Um I have a I have a friend um that's from South Africa, uh that that lives here. Um and so she would love to take me and my wife and uh, show us around South Africa while we're there. Um, and so at, at the same time, like there's like, dude, there's South Africa has some sketchy stuff going on. Like there's a lot of civil unrest and I don't stay on top of all of everything that's going on. And so maybe it's totally fine. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of civil unrest mm. there. Um, which, you know, gives you a little bit of pause. Um, but like how many chances do you have to go to South Africa or just Africa in general? Like, yeah, you don't get many chances to do that. Uh, and so I will probably, I will probably try to at least try to qualify. Uh, my shooting needs to get, like, I'm not where I was when I was qualifying for the, for the Thailand world shoot that I didn't. I didn't go to like my, my shooting needs to, I need to get back to where I was shooting then. Um, so I will probably try to go ahead and qualify just to that way. I at least have the opportunity. You can always turn it down. Right. Um, yeah. But if you don't, if you don't at least qualify, then, then you, you have no chance of going. So I will probably try to qualify, even though that means almost guaranteed. That means I have to go to Frostproof, Florida, and pay Frank Garcia to shoot a match at his range. And I'd rather not do that, but because it's expensive, like he pays, it charges I don't know two hundred fifty bucks or three hundred bucks for IPSC nationals, and yeah, it's expensive to go shoot that match. But 
you know, got to do what you got to do. You do. All right. Well, Jeff's voice made it probably because I talked yeah, most of the time. Thank you. Uh, but he made it barely to the end. Uh, I don't know what Jeff, I know he was drinking. I don't know what he was drinking. I got some Kentucky spirit tonight. I meant to say that earlier. Yeah. Uh, and it's delicious. Uh, I'm just drinking my, uh, what are you, you got no, screwball? No, it's just my, uh, Evan Williams single barrel and I'm about to finish it. So oh. that's how you know we're done. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Go to Shooter's Connection. Jeff didn't say that earlier, but go to Shooter's Connection. Use the link uh, at the description. And uh, we get we get messages all the time on the Discord of people saying that they use the link. So we very much appreciate you guys that, that do yeah. that. And uh, otherwise, join the Discord. Buy a hat. Hit Factor hat. See? It's a cool hat if you're on YouTube. <laughs> You can see it. Uh, oh yeah, we also have our. Cool. I just shipped one to. It's a. Go ahead. Sorry. <coughs> it's international. We're internationally famous. We have product in Australia now. Like, we got uh, James Brady is over there repping us in Australia. Thank you, James. Uh, I don't know if you go by James or Brady, but. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but I am I am very grateful that you paid a crazy amount of money. Like shipping alone was thirty dollars, uh, and like then the then the exchange rate. I think he ended up paying like ninety two dollars, like Australian dollars. I don't know what I don't know what Australia calls their dollar, if it's a dollar or if it's I don't know what it is, um, but it's like ninety two of them suckers because of the American exchange rate to get sixty bucks over mm, back over yeah. to me. Um, so. But like, you got guys in in Australia repping us. Like, if you're in America, you should definitely be mm. repping us. Come on. And we also had our uh, Patreon shout out channel, <laughs> Billy Billy McScrublord. Oh yeah, uh, is in there giving shout outs by himself. He's the only one in there. <laughs> he, so the last one that he he wanted us to shout out, he had drawn with, I don't know how he does it, but he had he had drawn this mural using things from the keyboard, and it's it's like a little wizard like casting a a spell with a little star wand onto this other little creature that's like laying sideways and unconscious. And he says that the one that's sideways and unconscious is JJ, and the wizard casting casting the star spell onto him is me. <laughs> that's how you interpret it. Yeah. How did you in- interpret it? Let's hear your interpretation. I I have I have no idea. Like it. I mean, it. I can sell it. Like see your name, and then. JJ's at the end in parentheses, and I mean, yeah. it kind of looks like you're you don't see on the him. little like, face and then the little wand and the star at the end of the wand. Well, and yeah, then, I see that, but I don't know little, how you determine that that's a dust. wizard. Well, the, yeah, it what? could be anything, but he's got a wand, and he's casting as you know, wizard. I guess he could be what else does that, yeah, uh, th- what does that wand look like, Jeff? <coughs> it, it looks like a wand with a star on the end. 
Okay, then you maybe you're looking at something. Maybe it looks yours, like he's holding it with his hand. Pulls up differently. Are you trying to imply oh, that that is a that penis? Must pull it up. Okay, I'm gonna have. Okay, I'm gonna take a screenshot of this and then I'm gonna send it right back to that because what I'm seeing apparently is not what you're seeing. Because uh, yes, it. Go back to that Patreon shout out, Jeff, and look at the look at that picture of under Billy McScrublord. Is that what you're looking at, or is that my? It's got the same different? thing. You're you're just perverse. It's a little wizard dude casting a spell. I. I okay, like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that out of that, but again. All right. Like I'm well, not tech savvy. Why don't savvy, you just so... ask Billy to clarify, exact like describe in detail what this mural is? I think you got it. I think you nailed <laughs> it. Billy's gonna want something different for the next one. So anyway, Billy says this is hey, this is yeah. Free Billy says it's getting lonely in the in the Discord <laughs> shout out channel. <laughs> yeah, we need some. We need some more people on the Patreon shout-out. Anyway, he posted uh, that in there when, you know, right after we released the the episode where we were really dogging on JJ. So it was a bit more relevant at the time. Still funny, though. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it is. It's, it will always be funny. So thanks for listening. We'll be back. Send us more questions, and we will – we actually will hopefully be answering several questions. Hopefully have some guests coming up. I want to get, oh, we need to shout out Potato. I should have done this earlier. I meant to do this earlier. Potato for hire. Uh, I don't actually know his real name, but Potato. Uh, he ran a half marathon this weekend, and I think he almost died because it like rained the whole time. It was like 40 degrees, and there was ice on the streets. Yeah. And he was trying to beat his wife, and then like, like pulled a hammy almost, and then he's <laughs> – his wife caught up to him, and then at the end, I think he pushed her down just so he could make sure he won. <laughs> That's kind of what I got from that story. But, uh, yeah. Potato's my training – now Potato's my training partner because Jeff can't run. <laughs> like, Jeff's just atrociously <laughs> slow. And so Potato and I have a challenge of who can have the fastest mile, 5K, and 10K times. By when? And so, yeah. Just ever? It's just, it's just <coughs> ongoing. Yeah, it's just ongoing. Like, see who can maintain, like, the fastest time there. Right I have a little bit of a head start on conditioning on them. So, right <laughs> now, I technically have the times for mm. the three of those. Um, but I, I had just a – I just – but he's getting back to right. it. So, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be catching me soon. I have no doubt. No doubt. For sure, Jeff just Jeff just can't. He wants to get in on it, but he knows it can't hang. Yeah, exactly. It's too fluffy. <laughs> All right, Peace. we're done. Peace. Oh, stop recording! Damn it. <laughs>